Hello, my name is William Walsh, and this is The Buzz on Business, and you are listening to a special preview of a premium episode of this podcast. The Buzz on Business is a five-minute, five-day-a-week free podcast that covers the latest business, financial, economic, and stock market news. That's every day for free. It's a really good deal. But we have an even better deal. Once each week, we publish a premium episode where we take an in-depth look at a story or a topic that has been in the news, and we cover that story from a long-term perspective, over 50 or 100 years, something that is just not done by conventional news outlets. This week, we're covering vertical asset allocation, a concept I've been thinking about for a long time and which flies in the face of conventional portfolio design. Anyway, you're getting the first 10 minutes or so of this much lengthier episode. If you want to hear the rest, you must become a premium subscriber. A premium subscription is just $2.99 a month, and there's a link in the episode description where you can learn more and sign up. There are other benefits to a premium subscription, and we hope to add more, but we'll save that discussion for another time. We hope you'll subscribe. We hope you'll join us. That's kind of the buzz on businesses, business plan. But either way, we're glad you're here. Now, on to this special preview episode of the Buzz on Business Premium Podcast. Everybody wishes they'd invested all of their money in Microsoft back on March 13th, 1986 the day it went public. They wished that, of course, because on a split-adjusted basis, Microsoft shares were issued at just right around $0.07 a share. As of today, a share of Microsoft changes hands at $238.73, a $1,000 investment in Microsoft at the IPO would now be worth over $4 million. But we also all instinctively know that is too risky. We know that hundreds upon hundreds of companies went public in 1986 and that many of them, perhaps most of them, have gone out of business. We know, or can easily find out, that even among those that survived, none, none performed as well as Microsoft over the last 38 years. Choosing Microsoft might not have been the equivalent of finding a needle in a haystack, but it was close. Instinctively, we know that we shouldn't put all of our eggs in one basket. We should manage our risks. Now, short of hiding all of our money under the mattress, risk management for small individual investors consists, in the broadest of terms, of three disciplines. They are diversification, 
asset allocation, and risk tolerance analysis. Now, these three are all intimately connected. Diversification and asset allocation reduce the actual and perceived risk as both tend to smooth out the highs and lows. Therefore, they may enable an otherwise skittish investor investor to assume more risk than, uh, than otherwise they might. Asset allocation is a form of diversification, this time across asset classes. Finally, determining an investor's risk tolerance to a certain extent dictates what asset allocation strategy should be implemented. In other words, if you don't know what the risk tolerance is, you don't know what the asset allocation strategy should be. For example, you know, the percentage of bonds an investor should hold in their portfolio. We're not going to focus on risk tolerance in this podcast. It might be a good topic for a you know, for a podcast on its own, which perhaps we should publish sometime in the future. In my experience as an advisor and a planner, taking a client through a risk tolerance analysis mostly serves to mediate bad instincts. Some clients are inclined to put all their money under the mattress. Others want to take it all and put it all on red. A risk tolerance analysis pushes those extremes towards a more rational middle, a policy of diversification and asset allocation. Further, risk tolerance has an important role to play in accumulating assets for shorter-term goals, such as you know saving for your child's education. Obviously, funds saved for a college education will be consumed, all done, in the intermediate term. Therefore, uh, therefore, they will be subject to a qualitatively different investment strategy than, say, would be uh, saving for retirement or a longer-term goal. But we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on diversification either. Diversification is a well-known value and is widely accepted and widely practiced. Obviously, if we diversify, we miss out on the extraordinary gains that an investor in Microsoft in 1986 might have experienced. But we radically increase the chances of actually achieving our goals and radically reduce or eliminate the possibility of game over. Diversification in the context of an investor in, you know, in a portfolio of mutual funds serves to reduce or eliminate exposure to security risk. Security risk is the risk we face that a company we invest in, say, a company we invest in, will have an extraordinary event that causes us to lose all or at least a, a significant part of our investment. For example, our investor in Microsoft in 1986, he may well have enjoyed and benefited from the company's extraordinary returns. But if a well-funded competitor had arisen with a new innovation, or if personal computers had just never taken off, or if it wasn't covered that Bill Gates had bribed a president or engaged in some other massive fraud. That could have lost us all 
or most of our investment. Diversification eliminates this risk, or mostly eliminates it. Once we get up above, uh, the, the number I've read is 13, but let's say 20 or two dozen securities in our portfolio. The security risk is for the most part eliminated. We are then exposed to what's known as market risk. Security risk is gone and we have remaining just market risk. Theorists tell us that we don't get paid. We don't get paid. There's no additional compensation for assuming security risk. It is market risk that we get paid for. It is market risk that enables us to earn a return on our investment. But diversification is generally thought to be within a particular asset class. One large cap growth stock, one bond, one apartment building, one bar of gold, and one classic car, and perhaps one Monet, is not, strictly speaking, a diversified portfolio. Investing in a portfolio of large cap growth stocks or a dozen classic automobiles is. Only then are you exposed to and likely to earn the expected return from the large cap growth or the classic car market. So that's all we're going to say on diversification. Uh, that again is probably something we ought to spend an entire podcast on. Now asset allocation is a different kettle of fish. Asset allocation is diversification among asset classes. And it is here that investors can begin to see the magic happen. If, for example, you invest in a portfolio of mutual funds where one of the funds is, for example, a large cap growth fund, another is a large cap value fund, there's a small cap growth fund, a small cap value fund, and let's say a bond fund. We will see that those funds ebb and flow at slightly different rates. Think about, just for an example, think about a portfolio with just two funds, a large cap growth fund and a small cap value fund. And I'm just making this up. I'm not suggesting that this is what you go invest in. Please. Uh, both of these funds will, in the fullness of time, return roughly the same expected return, you know, around 10% per year. But they will do so on their own timetables. So if we periodically rebalance that portfolio, we will do the following. If at the end of a quarter, for example, we discover that our large cap growth fund has grown 3% in the quarter and our small cap value fund has grown just 1%, we will sell some of our fund that has done better and use the proceeds to buy more of the fund who has done less well. In that way, we periodically and systematically sell high a little of this large cap growth fund and buy low a little bit of the small cap value fund. Buying low and selling high on a systematic basis is the way 
Small investors can, and I, I say must, add value to their investments. This strategy is particularly advantageous when those classes, when those asset classes are poorly correlated with each other. By mixing a portfolio of poorly correlated funds, an investor can see a reduction in overall risk and an increase in expected returns. You can see a risk profile for the entire portfolio lower than the average and a total return that is higher than the average of the components. This is the magic. However, it's been my experience that the various asset classes that are available to small individual investors, mostly mutual funds and EFTs, are not all that poorly correlated with each other. A regular, vis- uh, regular listener to the Daily Buzz on Business podcast will, of course, note that when the market is up, it seems like everything is up. When the market is down, most days, everything is down. And this this is true, not only over the course of a day, but over weeks, months, quarters, years, decades. It's been my experience, and the data bears this out, that diversification of this type, this type of asset allocation, which I call horizontal asset allocation, essentially mixes a batch of well-correlated, well-correlated assets together. All right, it is true, it's true that large cap growth and small cap value are different kinds of things. They don't overlap. They are different markets. A portfolio that contains both of them is better than a portfolio that has one, two, three, four large cap growth funds. And believe it or not, I've seen that. But these, but large cap growth and small cap value are still correlated with each other. And the fact of the matter is domestic large cap growth stocks are well correlated with domestic large cap value stocks and mid cap stocks and international stocks. In a global economy that trades 24-7, everything is correlated with everything else. And our ability then to systematically buy low and sell high is severely limited. The reasons to diversify a portfolio of a range, over a range of asset classes, fades away. So I've wondered if we could come up with a different kind of asset allocation strategy, something that I've called vertical asset allocation. In this case, we don't attempt to choose assets that are poorly correlated with each other because that's a fool's errand. Everything is correlated with everything else. We give up on correlation analysis. Maybe not altogether, but we give up on correlation analysis. With vertical asset allocation, we choose assets that have not different, that are, we choose assets that are not uncorrelated with each other but which have dramatically different standard deviations. That 
is the subject of today's podcast. Hello there. My name is William Walsh, and this is the Buzz on Business podcast brought to you by Financial Animal and FinancialAnimal.com. Before we get started, before we get into this podcast on risk management and vertical asset allocation, just a bit about me, Financial Animal, and the Buzz on Business podcast. I've been in the financial services business for a very, very long time. I'd be willing to bet I don't know every listener, but longer than you've been alive. I got my life and health health insurance license in July of 1976. I was very young, but I guess not that young. I worked full-time in financial services until 2021, coming up on three years ago. During that time, I earned my CLU, Chartered Life Underwriter, Certified Financial Planner, CFP, Chartered Financial Consultant, CHFC, and the AEP, Accredited Estate Planner, Professional Designations, and as I love to say, I was so lucky, so fortunate to have had the opportunity to work on some of the most interesting, compelling, consequential Cases that any financial planner could ever hope to work on. I was very, very lucky. And I had some really awesome clients. Dynamic, successful, uh, entrepreneurial, asked tough questions, got good advice all the time, uh, but wouldn't let you get away with anything. Uh, Again, and... I, I think I did really well by all of them. Um, I, I had a great, great career. I was very, very lucky. Now, now I like to think of myself as semi-retired, a semi-retired podcaster, blogger, and writer of the great American novel. Financial Animal is my blog and soon-to-be YouTube channel. I really hope that before the month of January is out, we will start posting uh, YouTube videos. Uh, Maybe I'll post a special episode about that. But the name Financial Animal is an allusion to Aristotle, the ancient Greek philosopher of whom I am an admirer. Aristotle defined man as the rational animal. Rational animal, financial animal, financial animal, rational animal. I don't pretend to have anything as profound as all of that in mind. I think it's just cool, and I'm right. It is cool. Uh, the Buzz on Business is my podcast. Every morning, five minutes, market report, top stories, in and out. Uh, the the Buzz on Business is, uh, you know, we've been about 75 episodes It has become my jam. I love doing the buzz on business. Um, But we also have a premium episode once each week. This is a premium episode. Uh, We go in depth um, on a topic or a story that's been in the news. This week, obviously, we're discussing uh, risk management and vertical asset allocation. I haven't decided yet what we're going to be talking about next week. I'll announce it on the daily podcast sometime during the coming week. But whatever it is, you won't want to miss it. Um, These premium episodes will be for premium subscribers only. Uh, 
A premium subscription is $2.99. That will likely increase. I also hope to have one of my New Year's resolutions is for us to increase the subscription uh, probably to $5.99 when we get to 1,000 subscribers or something like that. But early adopters will be grandfathered in. So if you sign up for $2.99, when inflation hits us really hard and we increase the price to $5.99, you get to keep the $2.99 price. Um, and there will be other benefits for subscribers. Uh, I eventually, maybe this year, uh, hope to have ads on our daily podcast. Uh, subscriber, premium subscribers will get a ad-free version of the daily podcast. We're going to have a comment section probably on Discord, and there'll be some other benefits. Uh, One of the podcasts that I, actually two of the podcasts that I listen to, uh, both have premium subscription plans, and, you know, maybe once a quarter, once every other month, um, the hosts get together in a town. They have like a meetup, and the subscribers from the general area all come, and they have a couple drinks, and they have some laughs and ask some questions and maybe they have a guest who does a presentation or a speech or something like that. And everybody has a good time, gets to meet each other. Personally, I cannot think of anything that would be more fun than that. So maybe someday we'll get to do it too. Either way, uh, we're still sorting all of that out. You know, we, in due course, we'll have uh, a plan for our premium subscribers that will be awesome. But either way, premium or not, We're glad you're here, but we hope you'll join us. Now, risk management and vertical asset allocation. 